0: with authors fans we have some pretty big news from your host here erica lance we are moving to change the format of the show to be one episode so there's a few episodes that record the old way that we're doing the new way and that's what you're listening to so thank you don't forget to like and subscribe and we love having you as fans on to the show this podcast could
1: potentially have adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly the possibility of sexual content. <clears throat> Listener discretion is advised.
0: Welcome to Drinking with Authors. I'm your host, Erica Lance. My co host today is the amazing. Bow Lake. And our guest today is Lyra. Oh my God. I almost said Sanchez. Hey, <laughs> it's fine. It. It's fine. I just, okay. I just got literally, I'm going to talk about my drink and why I'm drinking it, which is I'm doing a hot toddy. I added a little citrus stuff to it and things because I just got a call from somebody I was in Atlanta with, who was like, Oh, by the way, I tested positive for COVID. And I'm like, that's I love living in the years of COVID. That makes me so excited to not leave my house for a few days to see if I test positive Go team. So I'll get my craft together. I will. But what are you drinking today?
2: I'm still not very exciting. Today it's Coke Zero because zero sugar. And I have water in my new Bucky's mug. Because Bucky's is the best gas station I've ever been to.
0: Buckees is like a landmark for people.
2: So cool. What are you drinking?
1: I am drinking a root beer with just a splash of rum in it. I like it. Nothing fancy. Hey, I'm only slightly fancy because I
0: added tea to my whiskey and lemon and honey concoction. And then I made one for my boyfriend because I was like, you know what? Just in case. Because I told him, I'm like, hey, so said I said they have COVID. And he's like, what do you want me to do about it now? We sleep together. <laughs> which is, by the way, his response to anything that I say when I'm sick. I'm like, do you want me to go sleep in the other room? He's like, it's already too late. It doesn't sound like that, by the way, but in my mind, he does. <laughs> so, okay, Lyra, for anybody who doesn't know you, what do you write?
1: Um, I am a sci-fi fantasy author with just a splash of paranormal steaminess in there. Um, my main book series right now is The Nocturne Symphony, um, which is if you've ever wanted to see a robot do magic, this is where you could find that.
0: Which is fantastical. So we like to Scooby-Doo in the beginning which is go back to what made you decide to write?
1: Um, well, I've always loved writing ever since I was a kid. I used to write little stupid stories um, as a teenager and before that. Um, but this story was, I actually wrote it during the COVID lockdown. <laughs> it's a quarantine baby. Um, it I like a lot of international media and I came across something that I thought was pretty interesting obviously it was a slash show and I was like hmm that's an interesting idea of having a character come back to life at the beginning what could I do with that and so I just kind of ran with it and now we have Ren and Kaito and their misadventures and this whole weird world that I've made up with that I wish I could live in myself there you go and be the hardcover for the first time my gosh it's beautiful (laughs) I can't can't even
0: hardcovers are awesome aren't they like they really are something about a hardcover book it's funny (laughs) because I hate reading them because they're too bulky but I absolutely love hardcover books so Oh, there's more coming in from the side. If you're watching, the- <laughs> oh, oh, we found it. We located it. My wife's it. amazing. Wives are Feels amazing. so good. But ooh, so pretty, so pretty. So, um, so you, you began and then you did a lockdown and a lot of pe- people had sort of lockdown book babies, right? Some good, some bad, um. But you actually do a tremendous amount of writing. So what is your actual first published work? It's this one,
1: Prelude. Prelude is the very Unless first? Unless you're talking like archive, archive of our own <laughs> fan fiction mess in that case. Oh,
0: we do talk fan fiction. Oh, yes. We
3: <laughs> yes.
1: We're going to go back.
0: See, I knew there was something there. I could sense it. I, sense, it. Oh, um, I sense the tremor in the
1: forest. The first fan fiction I ever wrote and finished that wasn't a one-shot, I think I was 19, and it was a Soul Eater fan fiction. It's an anime where they they have these people that turn into weapons, and there's a cute romance between, not really a romance, but there's a couple that everybody writes about, and I did a story in which that main character is thought to have died. Oh, wow, this is an interesting. The main character is thought to have died and then her friends find her with amnesia later. And the whole story is about her getting her abilities back and renewing her relationship and all. So I'm like, wow, I have a through line of characters dying at the beginning ending I was gonna say so this was your first (laughs) round of people that I love that you
0: watch something you're like this is an interesting premise that I've written before (laughs) I'm like wow I've done that hey I like it
1: I like it so um how much fan fiction did you do you know there are copious amounts of yaoi slash fiction on the internet that were published under various pseudonyms that may or may not be my work <laughs> um you could find some stuff in the Harry Potter archives in the Naruto archives um I am a huge fan of Yu Yu Hakusho uh recently I was publishing in the untamed and um it shames me to say this real people fiction I I won't divulge who because I'm ashamed of it but (laughs) you
0: do do not do not be ashamed of any of that because you know it's interesting because a lot of authors cut their teeth on fan fiction which I think is a good um sort of gateway drug to writing your own fiction right well first of all you are writing your own fiction oh my god nobody send me an angry email because (laughs) Fan fiction people can be the nicest people and they can be the fucking meanest people, but um, no hate mail. Um, But it's interesting because when you write fan fiction, you're writing in somebody else's world and somebody else's mechanics, right? And then you have to graduate and create your own world and create your own mechanics. But it's a good way to go. How do I get to the beginning and through a story or how do I create a romance or how do I create tension and stuff like that? And I think You know, especially a lot of the fan fiction that I've read and that I've heard people talk about, a lot of fan fiction has the characters, but I don't think people realize it's completely different storylines, right? Most fan fiction is not going, oh, we're having another day at Hogwarts, you know, when you're talking Harry Potter, it's like completely divergent, sometimes new characters blending in with the old And the stories that you want to see those characters having gone through, right, Mm -hmm. versus, I mean, there's the, you know, sort of famous, infamous one for um, Supernatural, where Dean and Castiel get together. And a lot of people have written that particular divergence, which I think is amazing and brilliant and is the only reason Castiel hanging around for any period of time actually makes sense. But... Um, and so I think it's, it's amazing for authors if you want to be a writer and you want to start, but you're like, I don't know where to start. Where should I begin? This is a great place to put your toe in the water to go. Let me, let me start here. Let me, let me start with something that I love. And then I can create something that I'd like to hear a story that I love. Well, I pontificated for a moment, but hopefully that makes sense.
1: I actually used to be one of those, because I did usually write in the original worlds of the places that I was talking about, because I always thought it was strange that people would do alternate universes because my thought was always, well, why don't you just make your own characters and make your own books? But then I actually went and started doing that real person fiction, and uh, which that was like, okay, obviously I'm not gonna write about them in the real world, that's boring, right? So I made my own world and actually um, that ended up being a bit of a tester precursor to um, after I finished Prelude, it helped me uh, solve some things inside of my own world. So it was, I guess the idea of taking characters that are already, someone else has already worked really hard on them. And then now it's a stepping stone to where you can take them and, manipulate them and use them in your own way so you can figure out your own imaginative process so um that was just something that was i recently discovered like in the last year because i love manipulating those worlds that they existed but then the suddenly alternative universe fiction what what is this
0: (laughs) We're all about that multi-dimension, multiverse. We're in the multiverse now.
2: Oh, well, you did fan fiction, didn't you? Uh, I I didn't really. I was more of an MMO RPG, like written RPG thing. That was more what I was doing.
0: I did that as well. I I did that as well, which is it's I'm, a glad, it,
2: I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> what it was it called? Dragon, Dragon Realm?
0: That was one I did.
2: I did one called Cascade Mountains, and if anyone if anyone knows about it, reach out to me because I can never find anyone who's done it before. But it was was cool. I was a dragon. It was best.
0: (laughs) Okay, Okay, so your first book comes out. How many books do you have out now? Five. Uh Five books. That's got
1: to be exciting. So, what was
0: it like getting your first one in your hot little hands?
1: I felt like I had, like, achieved a dream that I've always had, like, and I I couldn't believe it. It was actually this copy right here was the first one I received, the paperback of Prelude, and I took it out of the box and I looked at it and I was just like, can I curse on here? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, you can talk, we can fucking say whatever we want to. It's an adult podcast. Holy fuck. I... Wrote a book, and someone liked it enough to publish it. and i couldn't I couldn't believe it. i still I still look at this and I go through I read it myself on my own, and I was reading it to uh, my child who doesn't understand words quite yet, so it's okay. Um, and I'm just like, I wrote that,
2: and it's not a little book either. For those who can't see the YouTube, it is a it's a chunky little book like it's a long book, so it's almost like three books you wrote in one.
1: Yeah, I remember being discouraged because when I when I finished writing it, I got on Twitter I was like, Oh, let me see if I can find an agent or something. And that's when you start seeing all of the rules of fiction and how oh they won't publish you if it's too long they won't publish you if it's too short they won't publish you if it's too complicated they won't publish you if it's this and this and this xyz and I'm just like okay well fuck traditional publishers I guess because well I, I agree
0: with that statement more than you can possibly imagine <laughs> as a writer too I know I'm publisher, but as a writer that is, that is why I started a publishing company, because traditional publishing, not all now new traditional publishers, because, you know, you have smaller to mid-range publishers that are coming up that are like, no, we don't have to do it that way. But it really sucks here. You can create art, but wait a minute, we're going to put in a bunch of guardrails and you can only do it if you do it in these guardrails. And oh, wait, yeah. wait, there's not only are there guardrails, there's some bumpers and there's some rules and. And it it gets discouraging as an artist because you go, okay, I can't create what I want to create because it doesn't fit into this little box that they want to put it in. And Mm -hmm. we need to change that fully because not everybody wants to read the stories that are in a box. But if all you publish is in a box, then that's all that's available to read. It's a very vicious catch-22. Well,
1: then I think I read something the other day about Barnes and Noble... Um, the new CEO, he was like, no, we're not doing those deals with those traditional publishers anymore because it's all a load of bullshit. Like they're making us buy these books that are generic and people don't want to read, but we have to push them because we have a contract to push them. So I was like, I remember reading that. I was just like, that's so interesting.
0: Yeah. No, the new CEO, he's basically, and I love this. And I think it's what's saving Barnes & Noble now, which is, Um, The people in the stores, there are people in the stores that can choose what to put in the stores based on what people, based on what people are asking for. And so you had these, you know, and it's sort of the age old thing where you get into a larger company and then you have these people that go do these schmoozing deals and they wine and dine people and then you know, I saw this in corporate America ridiculously where it wasn't the best product or a company, maybe even that was starting out to do something. It was whoever came and wine and dined the person who was, you know, making the decision. And so the new CEO, Barnes & Noble went, nope, that's not how we're going to work anymore. And I think Barnes & Noble might actually make it as a bookstore because the little mom and pop bookstores do that as well. Yes, they'll get some of the you know you know everybody wants a new Stephen King book it'd be dumb not to stock the new Stephen King book you know but they also get all local authors and things like that and people can come in and request books and get the books where when you requested books from Barnes and Noble it got a little bit harder because they're like oh we don't have that you can go order it online which Mm -hmm. should never be the fucking answer to anything it should be like where would you like that shipped or do you want to come in and pick it up here you go you know but I think it is changing absolutely so now you're five books in since your COVID baby which was COVID was our 2022 year so that's a lot of writing how much
1: time do you spend writing um I used to have a lot more time um I would spend it was my hobby so I would be writing five or six hours a day now uh (laughs) I'm now working as a, I'm a school teacher. I won't say where, um, and I am also a new mom. My little one is about to be a year old and I a, can't believe that either. I feel like I blinked and now suddenly there's a father. But, um, so I don't get as much time now. So I try to write at least, I have this, okay. So nerdy gamer in me meeting writer. I found this website called <laughs> "For the Words," and Bo is now on this. We're friends. Um, yes. And uh, so you go on there and you pick a monster, and you have to write the word count minimum to defeat that monster. And what is this called? It's called "For the Words." So the number four and then the words. um, and it's, it's pretty cool. It's like a whole community. You can even like self-promote yourself on there. Some people actually publish their works on there. So there's an archive that you can read what people have been writing. Um, and it's pretty cool because like there's even like a quest and things. You can make an avatar. <laughs> so wow. it's like satisfying my video gamer thing as well as my writing. And now between my work schedule and my child and just general life, I try to get at least... Four to five thousand words a week. Um, and that's not always writing every day. is I just write when I can. Um and unfortunately that slowed me down a lot. Uh I hate that, but life happens, right? So well,
0: when you when you replicate yourself, i.e. have children, <laughs> and both Bo and I can relate to this, that becomes a lot more work, you know, because You're responsible for all the little things with the, the, the mini person. And even when you get fur babies, I have a brand new fur baby. I feel like I have a toddler. She peed inside Mm -hmm. the house today. I was like, Oh my God. And it's a whole thing. And I'm like, now I need diapers. No, I don't need diapers. I'm not doing that, but you don't like that to having a toddler that has to be babysat all the time what happened but I remember having you know my my little people are much older people and I have now had little people and replicated themselves but um no that's a lot of work and even finding the time is brilliant to do any amount of and 5,000 words a week that's that's awesome that's kick-ass now you may have done 12 times that much previously but that's still kick-ass so um, I will go with that. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and then I'm actually going to let Bo ask questions because I know she's thoroughly excited to do so. And I did it again, where I took over the entire first half of the episode. So welcome. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> there. Oh, there he hey, listeners. You know me, Eric Lance, you're just listening to me in the podcast that you had. but guess what? I'm doing something new. Yeah, she's joining me, Mark Muncy, the author of the Eerie Florida book series in Erie Appalachia. And we are hosting a new podcast called Eerie Travels. Woo woo, Eerie Travels, which covers things like ghosts, cryptids, weird stuff, UFOs, men in black, all kinds of fun things that people talk about And I'm sure you've discussed with friends. Yep. And you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice or find us at eerietravels.com and join in the fun and all the spooky goodness. And of course, Mark, what do we always say? We'll see you on the other side.
2: Last questions. As someone who is also a mom and has to find weird, odd times to get some words in, when do you do your best writing?
1: I don't think I've established that yet. I don't I mm-hmm. it kind of it's a weird thing, but I will say because I um, so I, I breastfeed. I decided to do that. That's something I knew I wanted to do when I had a baby and babies have this weird habit of falling asleep on the boob. Mm -hmm. And, um, so what, what I'll do is I'll shift my child to my chest and I will get my computer and I will just type on there. Um, I also have this technique, I call it the pen and phone technique in which, I have my stylist and my phone on the side and I will handwrite into my phone. It's, um, I'm sure my editor hates me for doing that because it makes for a (laughs) lot of mistakes. Um, But uh, that is the other thing that I do. Um, I've also recently discovered, and Bo, we were talking about this the other day, voice to text on Mm -hmm. phone. And I've been trying to experiment with that. Otter, I'm into the work. app called Otter. If Otter, you know, Otter.
0: I was actually just telling somebody about it yesterday. Is there's an app on um, called Otter, and Charles Gannon showed it to me and Val. This is what it looks like. Um, I don't know if, I, yeah. Oh. And it does better than Dragon Naturally Speaking, whatever. And it will upload directly to your email or to google drive what you're saying so when you're driving you can talk into it if you're sitting on the toilet you could talk into it if you're nursing your baby you can talk into it and it will it does better than any of these other even voice memos that i've seen and there's a free one so you can try it for free to see if it works for you i think it allows you 600 hours for free or something ridiculous yeah but um I know Valerie, we know Valerie um, was also a co-host, wrote an entire, uh, like for six hours straight, wrote a huge chunk of a story just driving and talking. Of course, she had to edit out the road rage and um, she forgot to pause it when she ordered food. So that was fun, Um, but it's there. So you can at least take it. So when you do have time that you can actually look at the screen, You can do editing on it and cut and paste Mm -hmm. the thing. So if you suddenly think of a conversation or an action scene, you can go, this is a scene that goes into the chapter about bugbears, blah. And then, (laughs) you know, because I think everything should have bugbears in it. They're horrific.
2: Agreed. So go ahead. I feel like I have trouble with like the the recording because I have like weird performance anxiety and I'll just like clam up and I won't know what to... Right, I, I'm trying to get better at it because often I'm also stuck under a baby, but it, I like the, the writing it on your phone thing. That's what I do. <laughs> um, let's see. What is your favorite writing
1: snack? Chocolate and mm. ice cream with coffee. Oh, the, 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 the three worst things you can eat. That's what I always need to have beside me. Um, Potato chips are okay too, but um, I like to get dove chocolate and um, any kind of ice cream will do, really. So
0: I love all of this and even the combination of all of these things together. I'm going to throw that out there because you can get ice cream that has chocolate-covered potato chips in it
2: ew okay
0: <laughs> that judgment needs to disappear <laughs> so. i have and not had know, that fries and frosties all the time i don't want to oh now i'm going to make you try that next time i see you in person okay and i
2: okay. know exactly when that's yes. going to be so yeah 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 <laughs> Continue on with your questions. Where's your magnanimous list of questions, it's in, my hand. it's in my hand. Who is your favorite character in your books and why?
1: Can I say a character that hasn't actually been published yet? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. So she doesn't the work her working name is Lyra. Ha. <laughs> um, she's a fairy. And um, I like her a lot because she speaks backwards. She's always mixing up metaphors. She, you know how there's that like, it's TikTok or Flick Flack or whatever. She Mm -hmm. reverses everything. So her speech pattern to write has been so stressful, but also really fun. To break all of the rules that you normally hear. Um, so as far as like favorite for like writing of a character, she's of there right now, but Ren will always have my heart. Mm-hmm. Ren Nocturne, my witch. She's she's a badass witch with a lot of trouble and or a lot of history. And this is a character I think about her. She makes me cry, she makes me laugh, she makes I love her sarcasm. I also love that she is human, and mm-hmm. she, you know, she falls in love with somebody, and it's a forbidden romance. Whatever, that's so cliche. It's a, it's a frowned upon romance, and she's just like, fuck it, whatever. I'm here, and I'm, um, yeah. So
2: Oh <laughs> Am I? I'm just trying to word the question appropriately. So your books are kind of like genre-mashing genre a little bit. There's some sci-fi, there's some fantasy, there's some uh, paranormal stuff. Is there a genre that you like to write but are afraid to write?
1: <clears throat> I would say mystery, but I've already kind of written that though because ragtime swing is kind of a mystery um falsetto a horror it might I would never be able to pull off a western I'll say that I could <laughs> I couldn't do it I don't even though I live in Texas I don't think I could pull off a western because my idea of The Wild West is not the cliche Wild West that you see in Clint Eastwood movies and stuff. My idea of the West is that very Mexican border town idea, and it's very different than what you see in mainstream Western. So I guess Mm -hmm. that would be the only genre I would be scared to touch. Might be an interesting challenge later down the line, but... Um yeah, everything else is just fun and interesting. Well,
2: I want to see Ren in uh Mexico, like blood meridian slash like Prelude. That would be cool. Look at you inspiring whole new books there, Bo. I know, I just throw ideas out there, just vomit them
1: out. <laughs> It's gonna be really interesting seeing how not the one I'm currently writing, Scherzo, because Scherzo is very much the metro the metropolitan area of Deus and what that looks like. But so because Ren is from Deriva. Deriva is very highly inspired by Mediterranean slash Mexican culture. So we're we're going to get to see that Spanish influence once we go to Deriva, when we do that. And then also um, the other one I'm working on right now, I figured out the working title, by the way. We talked about adding this book, Bo. It's going to be called uh, Midnight Cumbia. Ooh. And that is Atsi's love story with her arranged wedding to Chique. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see how that um, more African Afro-Cuban inspired culture meets that Mexican Latin American culture. So, mm-hmm. yeah. See is if there I- an
2: author who you admire?
1: My favorite author uh, is Kim Harrison um she is the writer of the Rachel Morgan Chronicles that was the first adult fiction book that I ever picked up and I love it because uh the main character's name is Rachel she's a witch and it's the whole her best friend is a vampire and she has a picky pixie uh companion and like it it doesn't start as anything amazing to look at but there was a scene in just like she's now writing like the 16th 17th and 18th books in these series like a lot of people like Jim Butcher I like Kim Harrison um Mm. but there was a scene where it was Rachel she was in her back garden she was working on her witch's garden and she looked up and the cat was on the fence the pixies were in the flowers there was a gargoyle on the roof and the vampire was clucking around in the kitchen and I just We'll always remember that as like, I wish I lived in that world. So, but yeah, she has my heart forever. She once Have commented. You ever met her? She once commented on one of my tweets.
0: So. Ooh! Have you ever gone to a convention where she's been there? I've never been to a convention. Period.
2: What? I've never We've been to any conventions? Got to solve that problem. That's a problem. We got. We got we, Yeah, we got to take her to one. I want to go to one.
0: Absolutely. There's one in Austin right now that's, or not right now. We'll talk after, but there's one I sent an email about that's going to be in Austin that I I would be good. I think it's going to be in Austin in September. So I know, I know Texas is a ginormous state, but I'm just saying it's
1: in closer proximity than other things. So Uh, and I, I remember I spoke to you about this. I wanted to try to get a table at comic but they had the the artists' tables had run out and I couldn't get a spot. So it, yeah, it's just, it's never it's, been, the stars have never aligned for me to go to a con.
0: We will get the stars to align for you to go to a con because... Going to a con is awesome, and especially a lot of times some of these authors, not all of them, but a lot of them like that tend to go to some of these conventions so you can have the opportunity to go meet them. And they are thrilled to meet you. Like, you you know, the way we are thrilled to meet our fans, they're thrilled to meet their fans 98% of the time. <laughs> Every now and then you do get a dickhead author that is just not a pleasant to be around, but it's the exception to not <clears throat> I would say. (laughs) Bo, continue.
1: Do you listen to music while you write? Sometimes. I actually will set up playlists. I haven't done Mm -hmm. this for Scared So Yet. Maybe I should do this. I I used to set up playlists for whatever project I was on. It would just be a bunch of songs that would inspire me. Um, There was actually once a not a fan fiction this was an original work that I was working on every chapter title was a song title I never finished it because sob story the computer I had been working on it on crashed
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I lost a good chunk of what I had written and I just <laughs> I
0: did the same thing so this something I don't ever mention but I actually wrote a a young adult fantasy book when I was a young adult two of them they were not good by any stretch so the fact that they all died horrible deaths is totally okay because one of them did start off with it was a dark stormy night so that gives you an idea of the direction they were going but I had them on one of those old Macintoshes that looked you know the white ones with the little teeny screen my mom had them we lived in Florida got struck by lightning They were not on a floppy disk. I lost both of them. I didn't write again for a long time because I was like, man,
1: fuck the world. It makes you feel
0: hopeless. Yeah. It is. But now we have the cloud. That's why, you know, people are like, oh, God, no. I hook everything up. To the cloud. If you're listening to this podcast, hook your shit up to the cloud, because that way, no matter what device dies on you, whether it's your phone, whether it's your computer, whether it's your tablet, whatever the hell it is, your stuff is saved because otherwise, you know, even some of the best devices in the entire world could have a cat or a small human spill a milkshake on them and then they're destroyed.
2: Right. Yeah, Google Docs has saved my ass so many times.
1: I Everything I do now is online. I don't, I mean, eventually what I'll do like once or twice every other month, I'll like upload everything on Google Drive to my spare hard drive, which actually those files are still alive. They're in my hard drive. And they actually, once I'm done with the Nocturne Symphony, maybe I'll pull them back out and work on them. Because I really did like, it was- she was a ballerina and she was a witch and she was trying to fit in it was a very steampunk post-apocalyptic world and she was getting revenge on an ex-boyfriend it was great it was going to be wonderful and then it it died
0: (laughs) yeah no that needs to come back we need to bring that back we need to resuscitate it we need to Frankenstein it and bring it back to life I don't think that's a real thing how that goes but I'm throwing it out there
1: (laughs) Mary Shelley made it a real thing, so. That's true, that is very
0: true. Bo, I keep interrupting, that's that's my goal in life is to continue to interrupt your questions,
2: but. (laughs) I'm gonna ask the question you always hate, Erica. I'm gonna ask the question you always hate. What is your best advice to other authors?
1: Finish it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's all i can say there's no best advice there's no best writing practices there's only finish it like imagine you're in mortal Kombat and the book is your enemy and you are about to write the last two chapters you just have to do the ko and you have to finish it because otherwise you can't do anything if it's not finished this is so true I used to play Mortal Kombat a lot. I haven't played it in a long time, <laughs> I don't want to play it. I used to
0: play Mortal Kombat in the arcade. I miss going to the arcade to play games. There was an exact point in time that somehow it switched from, you know, like you could go play for hours and hours to, unless you were like the top of the person and waited in line and put your quarters on the thing forever, then you couldn't play. But I used to go to the arcade all the time with quarters and play and wasted a lot of money that way. <laughs> a lot of money. Where did you get the idea for prelude? Like the setting or
1: just in general?
0: In general, like where what what absolutely struck you that you wanted to begin this
1: world? I wanted a world where technology and magic could interact at the highest level. Because you never see books where, I mean, you see paranormal books that are set in like our technology setting where people have cell phones and maybe there's a fairy on the corner or something. But you never see, for, for some reason, the literary world as a unit has decided that once technology advances so far, magic can't exist anymore. And I challenge that. I challenge that because magic is the unknown and there is never any point in any scientific research where there will be things that we do not know and we do not understand. So, wow, that was from a very like realistic standpoint. Um, That was very profound. Very. Sorry, I'm a steampunker at heart. I think uh, technology will save the world But I think magic will always also be a part of the world because otherwise, where will we find joy in things? Magic isn't waving wands and killing people with a kill word. It's being happy. It's being joyful. It's being able to experience sadness to its fullest. And a lot of the times that's missing in the most advanced sci-fi. You get so caught up in this is the end-all be-all of science. We're about to have an alien invasion or we have to defeat this foreign robotic menace and humans are forgotten in science fiction. So if that's that...
3: very
1: true. Obviously that's not true of all sci-fi authors. Obviously the greatest sci-fi authors do a best the great job of having the humanization. So
0: Well, and I think it, it, to your point, it's, again, the boxes, like, here we go, traveling, me and my whiskey traveling back to the beginning and talking about forcing into boxes. I think that's why some of these stories, like you said, are not as told and are now coming out and being told because, no, if you're going to write sci-fi, it has to be hard sci-fi and, you know, science and People want aliens that are rigid and, you know, what do you, what do you mean fairies? There can't be any fairies here with this spaceship. Like, what is that bullshit? You know, that's, I think it's back to what you said before, where we don't have to be stuck in those genres anymore and we can make whatever genres we want to make. Every year, whole new codes are put out to, to, to make way. I mean, like 10 years ago, there was no such thing as a paranormal romance code, bicep code, you know, how you tell genres that didn't exist it -hmm. wasn't a thing and now there's like mutations of paranormal the vampire romance and werewolf romance and like because people are like nah I'm gonna write this anyway and there's enough of it that they have to go oh there's enough of this and and it's by um independent publishers and self-publishers and stuff going self-published people going yeah that's cute we appreciate it but we need this other code we're gonna need this code because it's a thing to do it. I mean, last year alone, there was 163 bicep codes or something like that added. So I think your magic is populating the world. See how I did that, Bo? Right
3: I, I did. That, that was <laughs> so good. <Yep.
2: laughs> I, I was just speechless for a second. I was like, whoa. contemplating
0: on it today? <laughs> <Contificating> <laughs> in my guest room with my hot Dottie. <laughs>
2: It is weird seeing you in a different room Erica I don't know I don't know if I like it well it's, see, it's so strange I'm so used to the other one. Well, it's funny because if you
0: came to my house, one of the reasons we got this house because we moved to North Carolina was um, my boyfriend's office is in the exact opposite corner like his is upstairs on the other side of the kitchen. And my office is downstairs whatever, but we used to game together all the time and so he's like, you know what, I miss gaming with you. So my work computer can be up there, but I'm gonna move my gaming computer back into the office. We're together. This sounded great. You know, it was one of those moments of like, Oh, yay! And then I realized, so when he games, he games online with people. It's not a solitary event, which I think most of us game online to some degree, like some games you play by yourself, but a lot you have other people. Well, he is like, one of those game talkers, too. So if I'm in the room with him, I hear, wait, no, wait, wait, are we going back to the base? And so I'm in the middle of a podcast, and you're hearing, like, no, no, what's know, It sounds like some weird adventure is going on behind me. And I'm like, no, tell me about your political set here." And he's like, show work." And It's never like, it's never like, Shoot the orc! It's always like over the top screaming from the other side, and it's so funny because one time I was like, "Can you just, can you just keep it to a dull roar? Like, put on your headset. it It's about an hour and a half. Just, you know, whatever." And this is what I was hearing: "No, no, shoot the fucking thing! No, just shoot it! No, why, why did we all just die? What were you doing?" And I'm like, "But it's like, all sh- what were you doing?" And I'm like. you're not you're not not actually being quiet and he's like what i can't hear you (laughs) i'm
2: like okay
0: so i'm gonna i'm just gonna when he's playing i'm just gonna move to the guest room so this is my my guest room there (laughs) so that you're not hearing him yell about orcs or whatever I, i don't know i think he's playing destiny right now who the hell knows depending on the game you get different responses i think that's true for all of us depending on the game So, yes, now that I've talked about my weird room, (laughs) Bo, Bo,
2: what uh, I'm going to ask a question. (laughs) What is your favorite and least favorite book trope? Oh, God. Uh,
1: Tropes. We're going to talk about tropes. Um, Oh yeah. I'll tell you my least favorite, because I know that off the top of my head. I hate um love triangles. I can't send love triangles unless there is a caveat, unless there, there is a chance that all three of them will end up together. I, I, I didn't. Or if there so long as there's a chance that like also because so the love triangles are usually like this like there's a person, a person, and then this person in the middle needs to choose. There needs to be this, okay? There needs to be a chance that this person, if they don't make their decision, the other two will get together and leave them out, which means there needs to be a chance of bisexuality or homo, homo homosexuality somewhere in there. So that's unless they're all, you know, whatever. But so that's my least favorite trope. My favorite trope. <clears throat> I might have to start listing them. I keep thinking of like friends to lovers or enemies to lovers. I guess I have to say enemies to lovers just because that's the first thing that's coming to my mind. And that is also, I I always put the bad guy with the good guy. You know,
2: I'm a fan of Loki.
1: I like I like the idea of him with, you know, some of the heroes, sometimes heroines, heroes, whatever, but
0: oh, I like it. I like it. Okay. I'm going to ask the final question. You see how I just did that, Bo? I'm going to ask the I final question. It,
1: yeah.
2: Who would For you once. cast is
0: pre- in Prelude as the two lead characters?
1: Who would I cast?
0: Yep. Yeah. You're making a movie. Who would you cast?
1: Um, there is a very handsome, very eloquent Chinese actor, um, who I would cast as Kaito. Uh, his name is Shao San or Sean what however you want to think about it. So he, he's gorgeous. He's tall and beautiful. And he was actually like one of like Forbes, top 10 most attractive men in the world for a few years he's still on that list he was the most beautiful man in China but anyway um but for Ren it would have to be an actress of mixed heritage because Ren is of mixed heritage um I was actually seeing what's the name of the actress that She's the main actress in The Witch, and then she was also the Queen's Gambit. Do you know who I'm talking about? She yeah, um, I can't remember her name, but she might be a contender. Um, I was imagining Zoe Deschanel for a while as Wren. Um
2: It was Anya Taylor-Joy.
1: That one, yeah, she, I found out that she's of mixed Hispanic heritage and I was like, okay, well, dye her hair black and give it a curly look and she might work as Ren. Um, The hard thing about Ren is it needs to be an actress who can sing, dance, and play a role because that's, Ren is a singer and a dancer. So it's it would be super hard. I don't know.
0: That's okay, we just need to go to Broadway and find some Broadway stars.
1: Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. She's too old to play Ren now, but there was an actress. I absolutely loved her. She was um, wicked for a long time. She was Lucy in Dr. and Mr. Hyde.
0: Uh, I, I need to go. That, like, is in doubt? I'm not saying it correctly. I like she was um witch. And then she was on Glee. And John Travolta completely butchered her name way worse than I just did on the um Golden Gloves, I think, or
1: Oscar. She played um uh Elsa and Frozen. Is that her? Oh yeah, I know it's not her. Uh oh. though I know she did do those roles. I'm, I'm Googling her now. I wonder if I can find it. She was, let's see.
0: Um, I like how we Google. I love, love it. us. We're <laughs> like, you know, we're in the middle of, we're gonna Google it. I Google things all the time on this show. I'm like, wait, what the hell is the name of that? We're word? like,
2: hold on, people listening, give us a minute. <laughs> give us a minute. We need to we're gonna tell you some new stuff. We should put in like music that's like da-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. more typing, and then we'll be like, We're back. I would it's... but my producer
1: would kill me.
0: He's like, we
1: already have commercials, shut up. Pauline Sexton. Okay. She here's a picture of her and Dr. Jacqueline Hyde. I don't know if I can put it in chat, but go for it. I remember I okay this was the woman that made me realize I was bisexual okay I'm gonna be (laughs) not gonna lie um she's just absolutely gorgeous she has a gorgeous voice and she can move on top of that but uh like I said she'd be too old now to pay to play the role of Ren no
0: well you can find her equivalent I'm sure that exists um okay so to wrap up my friend because we have to wrap up uh shameless self promotion time talk about how people can find you you to follow you on social media and your books as we look Uh, at the
2: picture
1: okay um i am um the name of my website is bookwitchsigns.com um you can find all of the latest about what i'm working on there um All of my books are available for purchase on Kindle or almost all of them on audiobook on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Google Play, anywhere you can think of. Um, I tend to haunt the edges of TikTok every so often. Uh, You want to see a cute baby, you'll see that on my um, profile there. And then my all of my handles are bookwitch underscore signs for pretty much everything and. I'm not great with social media, but I do post from time to time. And yeah, that's sorry. You told me to, ju- you just told me to do the worst thing. No, <laughs> no I am
0: perfect.
3: Why I not sell
1: myself. I'm not no.
0: good. <laughs> don't worry. We will post it in the show notes as well so people can find you. Thank you.
1: Shove so- it in people's faces. And you can. Start, yeah, go do that and go read it. And if you don't like it, Tell me all about it cuz bad reviews make books sell too.
0: <laughs> that is so true. That is I so really true. want
1: I really want to send Prelude to one of those big mega churches and have the pastor read it just so that the Christian community or like that community of people can start burning it.
0: Oh, you say that but talk to Danielle Arcino about how that goes. Her previous publisher put her book in Christian fiction.
2: And, it, and is not. it is. It did not go.
1: Well. No. Oh no 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 no! I don't want it to be in Christian fiction. I want them to read it, decide this is a Fifty Shades of Grey that needs to be destroyed, and I want them to burn it
0: so that they can buy it to burn it in mass.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. And
2: then other people will buy it because they'll be banned, and, and then we'll sell like hotcakes.
1: Because then it'll be on the burned books list, and clearly that's something people need to read. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. Very cool.
0: Okay, guys, this has been Drinking with Authors. Um, I've been your host, Erica Lance. My amazing co-host has been Beau Lake. And don't forget to like, subscribe, review, leave comments, and we will see you next time. Hello, Drinking With Authors fans. This is your host, Erica Lance. Because of the change of the format of the show, welcome to the Literary Briefs portion. Enjoy. Enjoy. to Drinking with Authors, the literary, the Macron edition. No, just kidding. The Literary (laughs) Briefs edition. I'm your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is the amazing, fantastic Bo Lake. And our guest today is Lyra (laughs) Sayre. It's very elegant in that chair if you're watching the YouTube video. Okay, let's talk about what we're drinking, shall we? We shall. Okay, I am drinking, um, uh, hot toddy but I put tea in it then whiskey because that's what it is and a big slice of lemon because somebody just called me to notify me they tested positive for COVID that I was hanging out with for two days can't wait that's super exciting <laughs> but what are you drinking
2: I am only drinking a Coke Zero today which is not exciting I'm sorry
0: it's not exciting and it doesn't match your hair so fail
2: I know I know
0: usually my drink matches It either matches or it's alcoholic. And those are the two I'll accept in the future. (laughs) I will not accept Coke Zero by itself, so.
2: I I better go get some more Arizona green peas then. And maybe some like rum to put in my coat. There you go. I'll accept both of those.
0: Lyra, what are you
2: drinking?
1: I am drinking a root beer with a little bit of rum in it.
0: See, you could have done that. Do you see how simple it is to say a little bit of rum?
2: Boom. Well, i don't
3: want to lie matches your hair
2: yeah Here you go i don't want to lie and say i was drinking something i was not no well i don't want you to lie i want you to drink <laughs> a little bit more. yeah i'll have to i'll have to get some before next time i what i don't want is val to ever drink
0: champagne again that's what i don't
2: want. oh my gosh she was hung over for a while
0: oh she like, was a wait till you hear that episode that was a shit show yeah. <laughs> she's, she's drinking she's like it's sparkling wine i'm like sweetie that's like champagne have you ever drunk champagne and she's like no and i'm like oh god
1: in <laughs> As the history we- of my drinking life the only thing that has made me sick is champagne
0: yeah well val who was co-hosting with me drank two glasses of this screwed screwed she was so terrible she was just
2: <laughs> so bad she's, she's a lightweight woman, me after, <laughs> but- she texted me after, and it was indecipherable. Yeah, she said that she, she sent me a text
0: in the middle of the podcast, and it was just letters. And I'm like, "Oh God, <laughs> we'll try to make it through this." Okay, so here we go, Lyra. Rapid fire questions. You ready? Sure. What is your favorite book of
1: all time? Um, Stephen King's It. Why? Because it is it's not afraid to go there he was not afraid to go there
0: no he went many places during that
1: <laughs> he, he went there for sure he, he went there and he went past there took a right and then went
2: further, went further there. there
1: yeah uh, and then went to, to turtles
2: things just got things get weird near the end this it's is what happens when you drink drugs
0: while you're writing that's <laughs> somebody that who is, drinks while she writes i understand this
1: i just also love uh the idea of a creature that can take on the form of the worst your worst fear like he was the first to say that and now everybody has just copied that so it's a great trope. but
0: okay what about um your
1: least favorite book of all time um i recently did not read because i read the first chapter and decided i wasn't going to read any more of it was in a book club and we were reading the erotica oh god what's the name of it it's the one that has like the cuff links on the cover it's like bound to me or something like that is it i don't know it was one of those books that came out after 50 shades of gray and oh. it was so it was so trashy i could tell it e l something is it el james's
0: <laughs> next one after that person is a terrible writer anyway i'm sorry i've said it many times on it's, this she's fucking ac- terrible. accurate
2: true yeah
0: yeah well, like i heard that.
1: the first chapter and i was like not only is she bad at writing but she described a uh, a half asian half caucasian person as of mixed descent and then the black guy's name was this like Very non African American. I was just like, there's problems here. I'm not reading any more of it. It didn't help that the sexy parts were cringy at best. So,
0: oh, to me, everything that I've ever seen, I have refused to read any of her books because they're fucking terrible and I just will not even begin to start there. But um, there is, what was it called? Oh my gosh, there's this very funny person who does movie reviews. And Um, he's got the greatest voice but he did a a review of 50 shades of gray and one of the things that they put was the lines that were in the book that never made it to the movie and one of them was like she turned crimson the the, way she turned red like a crimson the color of the soviet flag that is legitimately a line in 50 shades of gray just so yeah (laughs) it's, it's pretty, pretty fucking terrible. Um, okay. So what about one of your favorite, um, books that was turned into a movie or a TV show? Where do you think they did a really good job? Let me
1: think. Um, there are books that was turned into a movie or TV show. There's thinking the first happening two movies. that come, okay. I know this was sorry. I know this was to be right, The first two that come to mind are Jurassic Park and Lord of the Rings. Those I think are the best book to movie adaptation because they didn't worry about staying true to the book. They told their own story in reference to the material in the book, which I greatly respect. I don't think you should ever try to like verbatim copy paste it's just not going to translate that way
2: no i think
0: you have to figure out the story in the book that you want to tell because there's many stories that are in books that you can tell you're never going to tell the whole book unless you get a tv series and you get it for a long time and you don't deviate aka game of thrones from the original one but it's okay it's fine Um, (laughs) (laughs) like it's fine (laughs)
1: I did like it's the Suki Stackhouse not... TV series. I think it was Blood. What was it? True Blood? True Blood. True
0: Blood. Yeah. yeah. Suki! I didn't like those books. I much happier with the TV show than with the books. I, I, um, I know a lot of people love those books, but I read three of them because friends after the show came out were like, you should read these. They're so great. And she changed the race and the look of one of the characters from one book to the next. And I was like, the fuck is actually happening here like I I can't stand that and I but I know a lot of people think she's fantastic which is fine that's all about the reading and writing you can I mean there are some people that probably have listened to the show that are like I think El James is the best person in the entire world and I'm like um Okay. What is your favorite um, way to dress when you write? If you could like dress in one kind of outfit to write all the time, what would be your fave? Look at that. I know, Bo, you're wowed by my new questions.
1: (laughs) I've been thrown. That's a new one. If I could establish the perfect setting, I would be a Victorian era gown in an old creepy mansion with a typewriter and a glass of cognac next to me. That's if if we're doing it that way, that's what I would do. However, in today's modern era, I wear sweatpants and usually just a sports bra.
0: <laughs> I, I love all of these things. I'm a big <laughs> fan of pajama pants. Like I think <laughs> pajama pants are one of the most fiercely underrated pieces of clothing that exists because <laughs> I feel like even more so than sweatpants, they're applicable everywhere. Nice soft pair of pajama pants. I'm I'm wearing one right now. Hashtag proud of myself. That's okay.
1: <laughs> if I didn't have a small child running around constantly making messes, I would love to like write in my in nightgowns, like just like to be in a nightgown and just be writing. That would be wonderful. I do do that. I have a couple nightgowns that I do. But
0: I love that. Um, do you have a book that you love to reread? like is there a a book that you will read over and over again
1: there's two um alice's adventures in wonderland i read at least once a year and then around the winter holidays christmas time i always read a christmas carol um and then again this i guess also dracula i always read jack dracula around halloween
0: so i like it i like it Um, Go ahead, Beau. You can ask your questions. I'm pausing myself.
2: (laughs) What is your least favorite book to movie adaptation?
1: On the basis of it was just a horrible movie, Aragon. On the basis of they completely missed the point of the book, um, i would have to say uh, oh my gosh it's in the back of my head they it was
3: awful um give us some
1: hints it was it's one of the frankenstein movies that's come out it it but it was like a more recent one like they didn't stay true to the book at all and because of that they completely missed the point oh wait no i'll i'll give a better one the 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 lovecraft story that they made it the oh god it's on shutter it has um that very famous actor that you either love him or you hate him Nicolas Cage. Oh. Uh, you know which one I'm talking about. The yeah. something over Dunwall. I don't
0: know. I have not seen every Nick Cage movie, but if you want to see a funny Is it one. Color Out of
1: Space? Yes, that what? one. Awful adaptation. Awful. And it was just because it lovecraft stories are all about the unseen and you can't describe it so when you try to put anything like that in in visual you're going to fall short because the human mind fills in those blanks so much better than any other person could do you like
0: cheesy horror
1: movies i do love cheesy horror movies I, I do. My wife hates that's that I it. love cheesy horror movies, but I love cheesy horror
0: movies. What is your favorite cheesy
1: horror movie? Oh my gosh. Um let's see. Have you ever seen the movie Cursed? Yes. Like Christina Ricky and she's turned into a werewolf. Yes. Maybe that's not cheesy, but that's one of my favorite horror movies ever. Um I also really love.
0: That's not cheesy. You gotta go it's full cheap. Not-
1: cheese like sharknado is a cheesy (laughs) horror i just watched sharknado um what is gremlins Gremlins the second one
0: yeah i have to say you know it's funny because i i was i was around when those first started coming out and stuff like that and they were kind of near the start because there was gremlins and then there was critters which was jennifer aniston was in critters i think and it he was yeah. in leopard
1: one, and then oh there's also troll have you ever seen troll oh god yes and we know where where um someone who remained nameless got the name for her main character it was from that <laughs> movie i love it i love it
2: go ahead bo are you a plotter or a "Quote unquote," cancer.
1: I believe what I am as a plantser is a mix of both. I'll start just going by the seat of my pants and if I get stuck then I will plot mm-hmm. to get through. Uh, it also depends what I'm writing so like in Prelude with the Wendigo sequence and trying to figure mm-hmm. out everything that was going on at the temple there was a bit of a mystery involved there and I needed to make sure that it made sense. I feel like because otherwise if the sequence wasn't right it was not going to work for the later installments of the books right so I did a lot of plotting for that just to make sure that my dates and times and sequential everything was adding up correctly I still don't think I did it right but we'll see
2: (laughs) if you had to dedicate your book to a celebrity who would it be a celebrity,
3: I would dedicate, so
1: I'm not actually trying to answer the question right now in my head, I'm trying to think, do I wanna give a funny answer or do I wanna give a serious answer? Both. Both. (laughs) My funny answer would be I would like to dedicate this series to Britney Spears in honor of her no longer being in con service to her father. On the other hand, in seriousness, I would probably dedicate the book, um, one of the books to uh, one of the actors who inspired it, who I had in my head uh, for Kaito's look, just because. He's a very sweet person. His name is uh, Wang Yibo. And whenever I like forget to put romance in the book, I go and I pull up a picture of him. I'm like, oh yeah, right. There's a hot guy. Okay. Um, (laughs) Don't forget, he's hot. hot." Don't forget, there's a hot guy and people want to see kissing. Maybe. Oh my
0: gosh. You have your books on audiobook. Have you listened to them?
1: No, I haven't gotten the chance. I only know that Kelly uh, did my stuff and she sent me some clips of what she'd done and I absolutely fell in love. But no, I haven't heard the audiobooks books yet. And I want to hear them for so that.
0: It well, I'll tell you, it's interesting because I think some people are good at listening to their audiobooks. I say that because that's how I catch up on my series as I go back and I just listen to the audiobooks. so I remember where the hell I was at before I write my next one you know, but other people are like, can't stand to hear it because you hear everything. And sometimes you hear this mistakes you've made and things like that. I think we all make mistakes, whether we intend them or not. And then you hear them live and in person as somebody's reading them. And then you're like, son of a bitch. And, you know, I had an author who was told me, they're like, I listened to it. and My timeline was a little off. And she's like, now I can't unhear it. Can I hear <laughs> it? So how much reading do you get done? Um,
1: nowadays, I read more baby books. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're counting books that I've read, we read about, about at least one or two a day. But uh, I, the most recent book I read was over the winter, the winter break. I read Soulless by Gail Carriger, which I actually really liked. I have the second one on kindle waiting for me so
0: very cool what about reviews have you
1: looked up your book reviews more often than i'd like to admit i mostly go in and check and see is there anything new and i'm always like pleasantly surprised if there is something new i was i was like i wanted to like message this person one-on-one because they rated falsetto a two-star but didn't leave like a verbal review. So I'm like, why did you give it a two-star? Like, what, what, is, what did you not like? What's wrong with it? So I don't know. I haven't gotten anything lower than a four-star for most. That was the only two-star I've gotten. So I'm just like, what was wrong? What, what, like, what?
0: Well, there could be nothing wrong. It could have just not been for them. Welcome to the world of being able to rate things without having to actually interact with the human on your rating. That's true you know
1: well what is your desert island book? my desert island book like that i would have to have yeah
2: it might also be the only one you have so keep that in yeah mind.
1: it's it's the only book you have for the rest of your life on the desert island only book i have for the rest of my life on a desert island i would say the collected works of um Would I want H.P. Lovecraft or would I want Jules Verne? I'm gonna say Jules Verne, the collective works of Jules Verne. I like
0: it.
1: So that gives me the Time Machine, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, uh, War of the Worlds, all those.
0: Okay. Do you believe in the paranormal? Yes. Have you ever seen a ghost?
1: Seen? No. Um, Possibly heard, maybe. I've definitely been in situations where I feel like something's not quite right. Um, however, I know enough, Bo lives in the Appalachian Mountains. You know, you don't stick around to find out. Don't
2: look in the trees, don't look in the trees.
1: Hear your name on the wind, you just keep
0: walking. Very true. Okay, what about a weird food combination? What's your favorite since I got yelled at about my chocolate potato chips and the ice cream?
2: <laughs> I didn't yell. I did not yell. <laughs> I made a face and I said, ew. Um, it's just about the same.
1: It's probably not weird, but beef jerky potato chips and a soda of some kind is a favorite you know, combination. Do you eat
2: beef jerky chips?
1: or do you the beef- eat them separate? beef jerky and potato chips and they go in at the same time and then um but only on a road trip
0: okay okay do you like road
2: trips no (laughs) (laughs) so so you have to have a snack because it's unbearable otherwise
1: i need yeah (laughs) it's okay if i'm driving but Most often I'm a passenger, so.
0: If you could travel anywhere, where would it be?
1: Japan. That one's easy. Osaka, Japan for one of their Lantern Festivals.
0: Very cool. If you could go to any um, literary world, where would you want to go visit? Wonderland. That's a dangerous place to be, my friend. (laughs) Anybody who says Wonderland, I go you know because you've read Alice in Wonderland and I go it's not the Disney version of that <laughs> like,
1: well but we've had, a, we've had a lot of people say that recently in Wonderland Wonder really? I mean I say it fully knowing that there's a Jabberwock somewhere and a Bandersatch somewhere but I think the Queen of Hearts and I could get along pretty well, um, well
0: if you didn't, and, it wouldn't last very long and you wouldn't know so there you
1: go that's uh, yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> i don't i wouldn't want to go to narnia that's a dangerous world would not want to go to narnia um the harry potter world is just our world with magic so i don't but know you'd be
0: I, on the magic side of that
1: yeah but then you have to deal with um Old North? Huh? In the Death Eaters? No, I was going to say giant spiders. Oh, well there is <laughs> that. You know. And and basilis. Um, what is I guess I would love to live in the Hollows world. It's just our world with uh magic and witches and things.
0: I like it. What about um if you uh could be any kind of magical or fantastical creature, what would you be?
1: Well, I'm already a magical and fantastical creature. That so is what true. kind of question is-, is that? I'm kidding. Um, well, oh, would... your turn. No, i just kidding. <laughs> um, I would wanna be one of those awful fairies that like steals children and uh, curses people and does awful things to awful people. That's what I would wanna be.
2: Okay. That's a new one. (laughs) It's a good answer, though. Well, just because everybody thinks fairies are like Tinkerbell and they're so cute, and I was like, no, or like super hot and will steal you away and like make you their queen. If you
0: actually read Peter Pan, though, Tinkerbell is not some super cute fairy by any stretch. It's very much (laughs) like if you read the actual Little Mermaid stuff, not the Disney version. Tinkerbell is not a pleasant experience.
1: You're right, you're right. And and the fact that we have made fairies these cute little things that go on dates with handsome boys is just ridiculous to me. So I would wanna be a real unseelie fay to remind everybody that no, you don't pick up the random coin that was left there without putting something there in return. Because that's how you get kidnapped by the Fae. I love that. Oh. <laughs>
2: what is your least favorite genre?
3: Can it You're be a subgenre? Yeah. Yes. Diesel punk.
1: Why? because it's it's so limited in that part of the world. And I feel like whenever I read a diesel pump book, the author didn't take it far enough. Mm. Like you're talking World War II, you're talking mass killings, you're talking all of these things. And yet we're so focused on, I don't know, when people write it, they write it for the setting, not for the actual historical meat that's in it. Right. Which I guess you could say historical fiction is something I'm very picky about.
0: Yeah. We have not noticed yet. <laughs> okay, um, what is something is an author that you are not the greatest at that you think? Like, what is your Achilles heel? What is something that you do when you're writing that like your editor is like, stop doing this?
1: Remembering my characters' names and Heather <laughs> Spell, I'm really bad
0: I, about I it. <laughs> okay. What about something you're incredibly
3: good at? Um, Making my editor laugh. Good. I like it,
0: I like it. Okay, Bo, ask a question, I'm gonna do the final one.
2: Oh goodness. What is your favorite genre that you do not
3: write? Uh, I guess,
1: hmm. I don't really write straight horror, horror, horror mysteries, I
0: guess.
1: Mm -hmm. Very cool. Okay,
0: final question, and this is for all of the prizes as if we had any pri- actually you do get prizes for being on the show technically Eat swag, so sure. you get prizes for being on you the show regardless of how you do Okay, um, if you could co-author a book with any author who would you want to
1: co-author with anyone in the world anyone in the world I'm going to get in trouble for saying this Bo you're going to get in trouble for saying I'm co-authoring <laughs> a book with Bo at some point because I came up with an idea. I to
2: my would love to go author a book, bow. Don't <laughs> make me cry.
1: Especially since I'm writing in first person these days.
0: <laughs> I think that's a great answer. That's a
1: perfect answer.
0: Okay, shameless self-promotion time. Tell people how to find your books and how to find you on social media.
1: Lyra Signs is available on all booksellers that you can think of. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, whatever um my one of my best friends did the audiobook you can find that on audible and she did an amazing job like made music for this audiobook um i believe one of the reviews that i saw was that reading prelude was like reading a symphony um so i i If you like that kind of thing, if you like magic, if you like science, if you like tech, if you like sexy hot men and bisexual women, please give it a shot. There's a little bit of horror, a little bit of fantasy, a little bit of steaminess, um, and as usual everything always relates back to how human we are. So give us a shot. The first book is Prelude here, which um, it's actually not available. It's really good. It's, it's really, really good. Free. And then I've got, if you're looking for something that's a little shorter to read, I've got lots of novellas. Falsetto, if you're liking horror. Ragtime Swing is my lesbian mystery romance. I call it a mermaid noir. And then my most recent addition to the family is The Devil's Thrill, Twil- which you do not want to read this book until you've read Sonata, which is book two of the Nocturne Symphony, because this character has some pretty interesting things happen in this book, so.
0: Very cool, very cool. Absolutely check it out, guys. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Guys, this has been Drinking With Authors, the literary briefs edition. I've been your host, Erica Lance, my amazing co-host and apparently author extraordinaire that everybody wants to write with is Bo Lake. And we will see you guys next time. Oh, don't forget to like and subscribe.